Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. How many of you are ready to go this morning? How many will clap for anything? Oh, I thought you'd do better than that. Uh, I wanted to uh, just remind you of a couple of things uh, real quick before we jump into the message, and that is uh, a few uh, a couple months ago, I just uh, gave you guys a challenge that I believe that God just dropped in our heart, and we call it the Life Change Challenge. We're going to pop a, a screen up, up there for you to look at, and so I thought we were. There we go. Okay. Um, so our life change challenge was just this. Is there, there's a point. We, we're watching trends in church attendance, and the trends are trending backwards. And they say that the most faithful people are, are, are in church once about every six weeks. And so our, our challenge was that we would just completely change that trend. And so we're talking about not just being in church, but coming frequently. Now, we know there are times that, uh, that you have to be away for things, but as much as you can, um, be in church. And I just would say this to you. You say, well, you're the pastor. You're just trying to get us in church. Well, I, I am trying to get you in church because here's what I believe the best place to be in the hour that we're in is in his church. It's the safest place. It's the most important place to be. So we encourage you, just come frequently, get your family involved. Um, and, and there comes a time when we go from just sitting here on Sunday to really connecting more consistently. And so we have different ministries that happen throughout the midweek. Uh, you, you, you saw our, our, our lift, which is our men's ministry. That's coming up here in, in a couple of weeks. It's our last one of the year. So there comes a time we just say, it's time to, to connect more consistently than just a Sunday. And then there's a point where you start contributing generously that's not just with your resources, although it includes that, but it's, it's beginning to serve. And we've had several people that have joined us and started serving here over the last month. And we want to say welcome to the team. Thank you for doing that. And then just um, compelling purposefully. That just means it's all about life change. And we believe that the biggest thing apart li about life change is if you've experienced that here, then we believe that we're agents of change. We're agents of reconciliation. And so just wanted to remind you that's a challenge that... Uh, that we believe is a big part of, of what God told us here. The second thing I want to talk to you about is, is at the end of service this morning, we are doing a water baptism. And I, I just need to make sure that I announce this. I said this last week. It's not in the river. <laughs> We've had people ask me. Uh, no, it's because uh, we, we have a baptism that we built in the river. We just did a big baptism just uh, in September. We had some people who, who couldn't be there. So we're actually having baptism. As soon as we're done here today, it will be right outside. The water is heated, okay? So uh, I, I encourage you to stick around for a few moments. I think there's, there's 10 or 12 people that are going to get baptized. So we're excited about that. <laughs> and you say, man, I, I miss that. I, I, I want to be baptized. Well, first of all, why should you be baptized? Well, number one, the Bible says this, it's a public declaration or public expression of what's happened on the inside. So if you say that you are a believer, the Bible says it's the New Testament seal of salvation that we publicly are baptized, publicly show our faith. And if you came and it's like, man, I, I missed that announcement. I want to be in on that. Uh, well, you can still get signed up. All you need to do when we're done uh, today is go to the connection table in the foyer you say, well, I got my best clothes on. I don't want to get those wet. We, we got some cool clothes from Walmart for you that will put you in. You can get baptized. So no excuses, right? You, you can still get signed up. We'll get you on the list. When we're done, just go to the connection table. They will point you in the right direction. Now, I said this a moment ago, but how many are ready to go? 
I want you just to take a moment and just think or reflect with me on everything that the grace of God is, has saved you from. I, I, I assume with this many people here and people that are watching or will watch that um, he might have really saved some of you out of rebellion. He might have saved you out of some sort of addiction. That addiction could have been a substance, could have been alcohol, could have been drugs, it could have been gambling, it could have been uh, pornography. He, he, he might have saved you from, from yourself. He, he may have rescued you from a selfish life, a dishonest life. He might have rescued you from a greedy life, a prideful life. You can fill in the blanks, but anyone grateful for his saving grace? Anyone understand when I say something like this, where would we be without the grace of God? No matter how bad you were, how many know his grace was bigger? It was a free gift. It saved you. It rescued you. How many are grateful for that? I don't like you to reflect too much on, how, on who you used to be, because thank God that's not you anymore, right? The Bible says you are a brand new creation. But just knowing what you used to be like, who you used to be, I want you to think about this. You understand the depth and the power of his grace that saved you when you were just nasty you. And if God could do that, I also believe that his grace isn't there just to save you, but it's, it's just as much there to continue to help you. So if he can save you from fill in the blank, I think he might be able to help you with some, some things like this. Maybe you're parenting and your child, no matter what age they are, they're really struggling in life, and it's, it's stressful. Um, maybe you're in a health crisis. Maybe you've been dealing with a financial setback. Maybe um, there's some challenges at school. Maybe you're unhappy in your career. Maybe your marriage is, is being challenged, or you're, you're single right now, and you find yourself being challenged by that. I want you to know the same grace that saved you is the same grace that helps you. And if he could save you, that same grace is, is more than sufficient. And so last weekend, we, we started a, a new series, and I shared several titles over the years, uh, over the years of, of messages and series that we've done on the topic of grace, and it's been our most popular. It's, it's been what people say is the most life-changing uh, topics that we've done, that we've taught on, and, and we appreciate those comments, but... Um, we've had a lot of titles over the last uh, several years, and so we just kicked off this series last weekend, and the title of this series is The Grip of Grace. Anyone glad that God has you in the grip of his grace? You say, what do you mean by grace? Well, grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of God. You didn't deserve God's kindness or goodness. You didn't earn it. You can't earn it. God's just a good God. And really what the grace of God is, it's a manifestation of his goodness toward you and I who, number one, don't deserve it, and number two, we will never be able to repay him for it. In context, that word literally means something like this. A superior who has all the resources takes a particular interest in an inferior and does for them what they could actually never do for themselves. Guys, that's what the grace of God is. And to be in the grip of grace is a good place to be. 
It's a good place to stay. Amen. All right, let, let, let me hit you with the scripture. This is from the Amplified Version of the Bible. In Galatians, it says this, Therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift or his grace as something, as something of minor importance and then defeat its purpose. I don't set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace or the favor of God. So according to this scripture, the grace we just talked about can be frustrated in our lives. In our lives, we have to know that it's not of minor importance. It's actually of major importance. I mean, it's the most important. But according to scripture, it can be nullified. It can be invalidated. It can be frustrated. The, the verse goes on to say, if justification or righteousness or acquittal from our guilt comes by law or ritual, then Christ died with no grounds and no purpose, and he died in vain. Well, we know he didn't die in vain. We know that there was purpose behind it. And what this scripture means is, is we can look at the grace of God and not understand it. We can look at the grace of God and misinterpret it. We can disregard it. We can do away with it. We can frustrate it. We can neglect and we can make his grace ineffective in our life if we want to live by our standards, if we want to live by our works, if we live, want to live by our accomplishments, and, and that nullifies the grace. The same grace that saved you is the same grace that helps you. It's all about the free gift of grace. And so what I've learned over the years is a lot of people have been in very religious settings and they don't understand the grace of God. And when they hear the grace of God, they get liberated. They get set free. They get, they got the, the, the truth it just sets them free. I said this last week, God is not best known by explanation. He's best known by revelation. When you get a revelation that it's all about the grace of God, the free gift of God, it, the grace of God is what keeps you and me in his grip. Maybe you grew up where you felt like every Sunday you had to get saved. Anyone grew up like that? You did something wrong during the week and like, I got to get saved over and over and over. You've been saved like 47 times. I want you to know it took the first time. That, that's, you, know, you know what religion is? Religion is man's failed attempt to gain the kindness or favor of God. That's all religion is. And it's a gift from God. Amen. So I, I told you this, I believe there are three things that keep us right in the grace grip of God. And number one is just the greatness of God. That's the saving grace of God. And we looked at last week that if we, when you give your heart and your life to Christ, you are born again. You are a brand new creation. You actually get as a gift the righteousness of God. It's no longer your good standing or your righteousness. It's his righteousness that he gave you. You were justified as if you'd never sinned. You were born again. You are saved. You are a follower of Jesus. You're going to heaven. And guess what? One bad thought during the week doesn't get you out of that. I, I had somebody one time uh, come to me with a bunch of scriptures, and they wanted to um, debate. They were upset over grace that I was teaching. And I just said, I'm not going to argue with you. Those scriptures are out of context. They went on and on. Finally, I got a little perturbed, and I said, so here's what you're telling me. You're a believer. You love Jesus. Let's say you have a really bad moment. Say a word you shouldn't say. Have a thought you shouldn't have. Your car goes over the ditch, hits a telephone pole, when you die, you go to hell. He goes, that's absolutely right. I said, well, that's absolutely wrong. How many know the work of Jesus is much bigger than that? The grace of God is bigger than that. So it's his greatness that keeps us in the grip of his grace. 
So what I want to do this morning and then next week is, is tell you the other things that keep us in the grip of grace. So there's this greatness of God that keeps us in the grip of his, it's saving grace. It's what saves us. But here's our, our title this morning. The second thing that keeps us in the grip of grace is his goodness keeps us in his grasp. Not just his greatness, not just his saving grace, but there is just the goodness of God that keeps us in his grip. And when I say the goodness of God, what I'm talking about is sufficient grace. Not only is there saving grace, there is sufficient grace for whatever we go through and whatever we face. So what keeps us in his grip, number one is just the greatness of God, and number two is just the goodness of God. We're going to take a poll. I want everybody to look around here. How many of you have ever received goodness and kindness from God, and actually you really didn't deserve it? Good. So you realize you can't earn it. You being in the grip of God is not based on your goodness. It's based on the goodness of Jesus. Salvation wasn't about you, and sufficient grace isn't about you either. It's about your faith in the goodness of God. And I just want to remind you that he is a good God. He's a good father. He's a faithful father. He's a consistent father. He's a good, good God. He's been painted as anything but that, but he's a good God. And you got to let this revelation change you because it, it will change how you receive from God. It will change how you walk by faith. It will change how you do marriage. It will change how you do parenting. It will change how you do a walk of faith. It'll just change everything. Grace is that good. Well, let's read some scripture. Y'all doing all right? Yeah. Y'all are thinking about turkey, aren't you? <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 12. Look at, this, look at verse 7. This is Paul. And Paul said, And lest I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I would be exalted above measure. And we need to pick this scripture apart. I'm going to keep reading here in a minute. But what was happening was Paul was having all kinds of revelation about, guess what? The grace of God. And the more he began to proclaim the grace of God, and we've got to remember who Paul was. Paul was very religious. He was very zealous about his religion. He was responsible for many Christians being uh, martyred. And so he has all, all this religion in his background, but now he meets Jesus, y'all remember that on the, on the road and God knocked him off his horse and he said, I've called you to minister. And so he has this radical conversion with Jesus and Paul's getting more and more revelation about grace and he's proclaiming grace and the gospel is becoming more and more understood. It's becoming more and more clear. It is becoming more and more appealing. So the enemy, Satan, as, as the scripture recognizes him, sends an assignment against Paul to stop Paul from being able to preach and teach and explain the gospel. And Paul said it this way in verse 8. He said, now concerning these things or this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would depart me. You ever had one of those? In verse 9, God said back to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect when you're weak. Therefore, Paul said, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ would rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses, 
all for Christ. So what Paul was saying is there was this assignment put against me. He explains it as a thorn in the flesh. This, that phrase comes from the Old Testament. When Israel went in and began to inhabit the land, they didn't drive out all of the inhabitants, and they stuck around, and they were a thorn in their flesh. We don't say that. We'd say, they're a pain in my neck, or somewhere else. <laughs> Paul had something that was a thorn in his... Now, a lot of people preach this differently. Some people say that Paul had this oozing eye problem, and I, I don't think that we find in here that it was physical, because Paul pleaded with God three times. And how many know that healing's ours? Because God's answer was, no, I'm not going to fix it. I'm going to give you grace. So it's, it's, we, it's not about a physical thing. What Paul was dealing with was the assignment against him. If you go back in context, you'll find out they were attacking his ministry. They were attacking and persecuting his word. Now, we're redeemed from some things, but one thing we were never redeemed from is, guess what? Persecution. We were never redeemed from that. That's why, that's why the world hates the church. That's why the world attacks the word of God. That's why the world, they hate Jesus, so guess what? They're not real fond of you. But Paul had this thing, and he prayed three times, Father, please take this away, and God's answer was not what Paul probably wanted to hear. God's like, I got this. My grace is more than sufficient in that area of your life. God wasn't like, I tell you what, we're just going to make that go away. How many of you ever prayed for something? Maybe there's somebody on your street, in your school, in your neighborhood, and you're like, God, just, would you please move them? <laughs> move them out of that cubicle, move them out of my neighborhood, and this would be a blessed place to live. And God would say, <clears throat> nah, my grace is sufficient. Well, God, there's this person in my family, <laughs> or God, there's this, there's this situation at work, and God, it, I'm your child, just, just delete it. Well, Paul, the Bible said Paul prayed three times. So it wasn't just like, all right, God, you got this. No, Paul, three times, he's like, please take this away. And, and the answer he got was, my grace is sufficient for you. And it stuck around as a thorn in his flesh. And God's answer was, my, my grace is, it actually means this in the original writing, my grace is big enough. It's, it's more than sufficient. The word sufficient means this, to give an adequate supply or more than enough strength. Now, look at this scripture. This is, this is 2 Timothy. This is chapter 2. This is verse number 1. Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing what? Grace. You know how you and I are supposed to live our lives? Empowered by the free-flowing grace of God, which is your true what? Strength. It's found in your union with Jesus. Guess what strength in your life and my life? It's the grace of God, free-flowing grace of God. It's, it's, our, it's our strength. And so in the midst of this, Paul didn't get the answer that he probably prayed about, but he got a better answer. And his better answer went like this. Paul had all these revelations, so the enemy put an assignment against him. So Paul says, God just... Just remove Satan from this. Just get rid of this thorn. And, and then the answer was, my, my grace is more than sufficient. So then Paul realizes and gets an even greater glimpse 
and revelation and understanding of, guess what? The grace of God that it was actually his strength. And he got such an understanding of next level grace that he said, I'm just going to boast about weakness because if I'm weak in that area, guess what? He's going to overflow into strength in that area of my life. So now Paul's actually boasting about his inability because he realizes where he's unable or challenged or can't answer everything or doesn't think he can make it through it. Actually, what happens is that's an open door that by faith invites the strength of God into our lives. So now Paul is boasting about his weakness. And he says, well, if I'm weak, then that's just a door for God to guess what? Be strong. In other words, Paul had this revelation, grace is always going to be my go-to. It's always going to be my go-to. It allows God to be God. It allows God to show up and show off. It allows God, it's like saying, okay, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I'm not sure even maybe why this has been such a thorn in my flesh, but God, obviously I'm limited in this area. I need your overflow. I need your grace in this area. Just like the grace that saved you, there's grace to help you. And that, that, that's some next level revelation right there to say, you know what? Maybe I can't do it. But I know through him, where I'm limited, he has overflow strength. So grace is your strength. According to scripture, grace is, is your strength. Anyone feel like when I said thorn in the flesh, you had a picture of that? Maybe you had a face attached to it. I don't know, but, but whatever it may be. So what I want to do is off that understanding that it's just the goodness of God that keeps us in, in his grip, let me make three points. These are three points we've shared about grace over the years. These are going to be great, great reminders. And, and number one is this, that grace is sufficient, which means more than an adequate supply. It's your go-to. Grace is, is sufficient in every season. Have you ever noticed this? As you start to age, you'll realize that, this, that the Bible's really right about this, that life's about seasons. We all go through seasons. Um, seasons are attached to age. Seasons are attached to revelation. Seasons are attached to opportunity. But when all the, in all these things in our life, we go through seasons. Not just chronologically, but we just go through seasons relationally. We go through seasons emotionally. We just, we just, life is made up of seasons. The Bible tells us that. And I want you to know this, no matter what season you will ever be in, grace is more than sufficient. You might have been in a season where you felt like I'm in a season of setback. I want you to know that grace will be sufficient in your setback. You may be going through a season where everything's working, you got it going on, it's all working right now, grace is sufficient there, but it, might, it will also be sufficient when everything's not going your way. Every season of your life, the grace of God, the goodness of God will be available to you. Uh, I actually worded it this way. The extent of the need is met by more than enough supply. He's all the grace you need. Three of you believe that. I said he's, he's actually all the grace that you need. Uh, let, let me say this is how I wrote it down. The depth of his grace is deeper than your dilemma. How I many know every season has some peaks and has some it has some good stuff. Have, have anyone been through a season in 2023 that, that put before you a dilemma? Yeah. Yeah. I assume as you went into 23, you're like, this is going to be the best year ever, ever. 
You may know your goals. You had them all down. You attacked them. You won a couple of them. You were ready to go. It's February. You're like, eh. <laughs> Who wants to lose 20 pounds? <laughs> but somewhere in 23, there were some good moments. There were some great things. And I assume there were some dilemmas that came your way. Maybe you didn't expect. Maybe you saw them coming. You just found yourself in some dilemmas. And I want you to know that his grace, the same saving grace that was there that rescued you from your dilemma, which was separation from God, is the same grace that is there day in and day out for the dilemma that you're going through in 2023 and you might go through in 2024. So every season, grace is more than sufficient. That ought to make you smile. Because whatever season comes next, guess what's going to be there? Grace for your race. So when you, when you say, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, grace is how you're going to deal with it. Remember, though, grace is a weakness. Well, I don't know what else to do. Let's choose grace. No, it's, what, it's your strength. It's an overflow from the anointing of Jesus. It's an overflow, a free-flowing gift that's always going to be there no matter what dilemma comes. It's always going to be there. Make grace your go-to. Here's the second one. Not only is grace sufficient in every season, grace is sufficient in every situation. Every situation. His capacity to help you is greater than the circumstance that you might find yourself confronted with. And maybe you've gone through a season of challenge physically, a challenge financially, maybe went through a season of loss, whatever it might be, I want you to know that his grace is there and will get you through. Listen to me. This is why Christians, real Christians, real faith-filled Christians always get through. This is why we always make it through. This is why God will turn what the enemy meant for evil for your good if you keep yourself in the right frame of mind in the right way. This is why, according to Scripture, you always come out triumphant. It says that in Scripture. You will always, I don't like the challenge, but guess what? You will always come out a champion. If you rely on the grace of God, you will always come out a champion. And it's okay for you to have, you might have had some moments of tears, and you had, might have had some moments of why, and you might have had some moments of how come this happened. Grace is bigger than the questions. Grace is bigger than the pit. No matter the season, no matter the situation, guess what? Make, get, make, make grace your go-to. Now, I, 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 so what I did for you is I, I, I kind of unpacked that scripture and looked at some different words and different translations that Paul would have used to describe the thorn that he was dealing with. And so um, I, I'm going to just, there's one, two, three, there's five of these. I'm just going to read them out loud. And if one of these you've ever been in or might be in right now, you just put a hand up. So Paul said, you know, there are times when, when, I, when I deal with this thorn in the flesh, and one of the words he used is the word weakness. And it literally means you just feel like you don't have the strength. And what Paul was saying, there are times I don't feel like I have the strength, but then he realized that might be a good place to be because grace can be my strength. People wonder, how are you doing it? How are you getting through? How are you sustaining during this season? How, how, how are you going to make it? Guess how? Here's how you're going to make it. The same grace that saved you is the same grace that's more than sufficient and adequate supply. If it was there to supply your salvation, it will be there to supply your strength or his strength in the middle of your weakness. 
Have you ever felt weak? And it said, weak means I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know. Your mind's being attacked. Weakness. He's your strength. Here's another word. We don't use this word a lot, but Paul, Paul used this word. In, in one of the thorns, he described this way. Um, it, it feels like a reproach, which means an insult, which means this. Um, there's people that take pleasure in your pain or your hurt. Anyone ever been there? You ever have anything happen in your life and somebody, some religious person in church is like, well, you must not be living right. <laughs> so you're assuming I've been living right to get all those blessings. <laughs> so one time I don't live right, I lose them all. That's a schizophrenic Jesus. We don't have a schizophrenic Jesus. <laughs> Religion is schizophrenic. Jesus is not schizophrenic. But sometimes we're under reproach. If you're under reproach, under insult, guess what's going to get you through? Grace. If you've ever been in any position of leadership or ownership or management, guess what? You're going to face reproach. If you ever took a stand for Jesus and it wasn't popular, guess what you're going to find? Reproach. How about this one? The other word describes a place of need. When you face a reversal of fortune. Anyone ever been gone long and all of a sudden there was a reversal of fortune in your life? This is one of the things Paul described. Sometimes you're going to face some reversals of fortune. Guess what? Grace will be your go-to. I guess you guys live in a perfect world with perfect things and never faced any of these, right? You want a couple more? How about this? Um, uh, He used the word persecution, which means you're just harassed for some things. If someone, else isn't, uh, if someone else isn't verbally harassing you, the devil is harassing you in your ear. Here's another one. I like this one. Paul described this, this as distresses. It means finding yourself in a tight spot. Anyone ever found yourself in a tight spot? Maybe you got you in that tight spot. Maybe somebody got you in a tight spot. Maybe it was just the enemy that got you in a tight spot. But next time you're in a tight spot, I want you to know that grace is your go-to. Grace is your go-to. The same grace that saved you is the same grace that is sufficient. So his goodness, are you getting it, is what keeps you in the grip of his grace. It's sufficient in every season. It's sufficient in every situation. You ready for the last one? It's sufficient in every shortcoming. Every shortcoming. In other words, his grace surpasses any struggle that you have. All the wives want to answer this one. Um, Maybe you're married to somebody that um, has some shortcomings. Do I see an amen? Does he have more than one? Well, we know we all have, what, shortcomings, right? Wives have a radar. They can just pick these things out. But, but we all have shortcomings. But I want you to know, in your shortcoming, guess what makes up the difference? Grace. The goodness of God. Are you getting it? You might be in a season. Uh, you might be in a shortcoming. You might be in a setback. might be in a situation. His goodness is not letting you go in the middle of your shortcoming. It's not letting you go in the middle of the season you're in. It's not letting you go in the middle of your setback. He's got a firm grip on you by his goodness. 
Well, Pastor, I didn't think everything right. I didn't say everything right. I didn't do everything right. You may have got yourself into your setback. You may have been the one that wrote the script that got you in a rough place in your season. Guess what? He's still good. He's not going to let go of you. How many, let's just take another survey. How many, you could just, you could quickly and easily answer this. You can look back real quick in your mind and know that there were some times in your life, if he didn't have a grip on you, you probably wouldn't even be breathing today or sitting here or thriving like you are or even surviving. Y'all ready for a good scripture? Last one I'm going to use today. This is out of Hebrews. This is chapter four. So then, this is Paul again, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Verse 15, this high priest of ours understands all of our weaknesses slash limitations. He faced all of the same testings that we do, yet without giving in. So, Y'all got that so far? Jesus has been through everything you have gone through or ever will go through. You are not going through something so special that no one else has ever gone through. Jesus has been tempted in every temptation, faced everything imaginable, yet without failure. I think it'd be safe to say we've all been through it, but we haven't been victorious every time. But he's been there, done that. He's got the t-shirts. So look at, look at the last verse. So then, because of all that, then let you and me come boldly to the throne of religion, to the throne of works. What is it? Oh, sorry. The throne of what? Grace. And there, we're going to receive two things, mercy and grace to help us when we what? Need it most. Wow. You know, whatever season you're in, he's been through that season. Every situation you faced, he faced. Everything that came up against him, that comes up against you, he's been there. And he bought the victory, won the victory, and overcame without any sin. You know why it's the throne of grace? The Bible said on the cross when Jesus gave his life, he he shouted, it is what? Finished. He went to the grave. He rose out of the grave. He ascended to heaven. You know what you do when you're done? You sit down. His work is finished. And the Bible said because he's already been there, done that, for our seasons, our circumstances, our situations, our shortcomings, we can come to that throne. It's called the throne of grace. We could call it the throne of greatness. We could call it the throne of his goodness. It's a throne of his saving grace, and it's a throne of his sufficient grace. And the Bible says come what? Boldly. Everybody say boldly. Not timidly. Not intimidated, but boldly. In your situation, in your season, with your shortcoming, what do you do? You go boldly to the throne of grace. This is the best example. I've used this before, but um, 
Obviously, I'm married. I have my own family. But whenever I go into my parents' house, I feel the need to open the refrigerator. And I just boldly, I don't even need anything. I just want to see what's in there. Because that's what I did growing up. I just had access to the fridge. I've never had either one of my daughters say, oh, dearest father, could I please open the treasure of your refrigerator and find what might be there for us? The other day we were going through um, Chick-fil-A, that's God's restaurant, and so we were going through Chick-fil-A, and um, so we're doing the app because we're in a hurry, and I'm, I'm telling my youngest, I'm like, okay, do you want to do it on my phone because my card's attached to it? She goes, well, your card's attached to mine too. Hey, y'all, your card's attached to his, too. That's what you call... She, she didn't give me some... Oh, could I... Ple- I would have drug tested her if she did that, right? If she just kept pleading. She just had access. You have access to the goodness of God. Now, let, 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 me, let me close with this. So, boldly, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means you come authentically. You just come authentically. That means honestly. Here's why. Because when you come authentically, you find the compassion of God. Compassion means you're touched with a feeling. God has compassion for your situation. Not pity. He has compassion. And so we, we need to come authentic. Sometimes we just need to walk in and say, God, I don't understand this. This isn't fair. But he just wants you to come authentically. You don't have to bow to the east, do some 12 push-ups and get yourself to a place. You just come and say, God, I don't understand isn't that what Paul did? I don't understand what I'm doing. Sometimes I do what I want to do, but when I want to do what I want to do, I do what I don't want to do. I'm wretched. That's what Paul said. But he said, but there's another spirit. There's another principle working in me. So we got to come authentically. That's what boldly means. It also means this, that we come in faith. He didn't say come fearfully. No, we come respectfully, but we come what? Boldly, full of faith. So we come authentically, we come with this, with this faith, and we come with an anticipation. He said, what are we anticipating? Well, he said, here's what you're going to find at my throne. He didn't say anything about judgment. He didn't say, I'm going to delete you. He didn't say, you're going to get your spanking. What did he say? You're going to find two things there, grace and mercy. Why would he give grace and mercy when we deserve? Because he's good. You will find grace and you will find Mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you should get. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Literally, here's what it means in the Greek language. Y'all ready for this? When you come to the throne of grace, you're going to receive grace and mercy. Here's what it means. He's going to throw you a rope. He's going to throw you a grace rope. He's going to throw you a mercy rope. And he told you to come boldly. Here's what that means. In your season, you need to come what? Boldly to the throne of what? Grace. With your shortcoming, come boldly. With your situation, come what? Boldly. Come authentically, come full of faith, and come anticipating he's going to throw you a rope. The rope you need. The help you need. That should excite you this morning. That what keeps you in the grip of his grace... It's his goodness. 
He could have said, you know what you're going to find at the throne of grace? You're going to find, I'm going to pop it up on the jumbo screen. We're going to check out what you've been doing, who you've been. We're going to rewind to 99. And we're going to zoom in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I want you to know this because I've heard this preached. There's a jumbotron in heaven one day. It's going to be. It, there's no jumbotron in heaven. I don't know how God does it. He lost the batteries. I don't know. There's no remote. It doesn't work. He can't get Wi-Fi. I don't know. But it's not going to play out. Why? Because it's under the blood of Jesus. It's under the grace of God. It's under the goodness of God. Can we all stand? Can we all stand to our feet? Um, I told you grace will set you free. You say, I want more of that doctrine. It's not a doctrine, it's a person. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Now, how many was just, just, I'm looking around here today. How many, you would say, you know what? I'm just in a season right now. I'm in a tough season right now. Yeah. How, how many would you say this? You know what? I don't know if it's a season, but I'm in a situation. There's a situation that I've had to walk through. I didn't. How many would be honest with this and just say, man, I'm just really aware of certain shortcomings right now. So what do I do? You tap into grace. Make grace your go-to. Make grace your... Now, it's not an excuse to say, I'm just going to stay messed up. No. It, it, it's an opportunity to grab a hold of grace. Make it your go-to. Because you might be weak in a certain area, a certain place, but guess what? Grace is your strength. Um... Can I just predict this for you? That you are, you are going to get through it. You are going to come out the other side. You, it is going to break. You will be blessed. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's the one who's a, he's a blesser. You, you, you're going to make it. Not only are you going to, you're not going to survive, you're going to thrive. The Bible says you're going to come out triumphant every time. Amen. Amen. Can we praise him? Father, we worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.